You're listening to the Calvary Church Audio Experience, designed to empower and encourage you throughout your week. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for that amazing word of encouragement. Calvary, I'm excited to be a part of this amazing team. We've got lead pastors that are consistently hear from God. And every word that they have given has been preparation for what was ahead. And I feel the same about this message series, Flesh. Now, many of you, if you're willing to be honest enough to just talk about a couple things, some of you already feel that you're at the place Pastor just mentioned. What am I talking about? You're at the place where not, you're not living the life that God intended for. You feel like you're out of place. Some of you are at a place where you feel like you're growing stale, you're tired, you're exhausted, you are frustrated, and you're skeptical of God's power. And maybe it isn't that you've lost faith in the gospel itself, but maybe you're just skeptical whether God's truly moving in the world today like he claims to be capable of. Maybe you look around at your own perception of the way that the church acts and functions, and you think to yourself, is this really what Jesus had in mind? Or maybe your preconceived theology, I know I had mine, is telling you that the rise of spiritual apathy and evil in this world today is just a sign of the times. You remember and you quote scriptures like this. Jesus said in the last days that the love of many would grow cold. So you just throw it all off and you say to yourself, oh, well, I guess this is the way it's supposed to be. We're going to be talking about that throughout this series. But before we address those questions and feelings and perceptions, here's what we believe here at Calvary. And I want you to take note of this. We believe that Jesus is the ultimate builder of his church. He says in Matthew 16, 18, that on this rock, what rock? The rock of revelation, the revelation of Jesus and the finished work. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. That's what we believe at Calvary Church. Give it some thought to this. We look at what's being modeled today and we compare it to what was modeled in the early church. They believed in this promise. They believed that no matter what, he would build his church and the powers of hell will never prevail against that. They believed it in my prayers that we believe it today. Here's what I want to illustrate for you. When they believe this, here's what they believe. They believe that no power today or tomorrow will prevail against it. They believe that no election, this election or the next election, it will not prevail against God's power. And against God's church this pandemic or the next this economy or the next the gates of hell will never ever prevail against it clap your hands if you're convinced and you believe that just some of the things that we're going to be talking about this is comforting this gives hope this is our great motivation Listen, we are part of something huge here at Calvary. For those that are here in person, those watching online, I want to paint a picture of the amazing opportunities that we have ahead of us. We're a part of something big. We believe that God wants to send a new reformation. Not just knowing that we're saved by his grace, but knowing how to live by his grace. And allowing his supernatural power 
That same power that flowed in the early church, the same power that they relied upon years ago is the power that we rely upon today, saving grace and empowering grace. We were saved from something. You know what that is? That's the gift of God's grace. That's your freedom. That's your liberty. But I also want you to have a revelation that you were saved for something. You know what that is? That's your mission. That's your privilege. That's your authority. Now, it's true that Jesus' greatest single accomplishment was to die for our sins and to rise from the dead. But how many know he also came to empower us and give us the resources so that we can do the very same thing? We can't die on the cross physically. That was reserved for Jesus as the perfect son of God. He died our death. He was our substitute. Romans 6, 8 says that if he died our death, we also live with him. In other words, we can live lives that are animated by the power of his presence through the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2, 9 says, whoever claims to live in him must also walk as Jesus did. How did Jesus walk? What was the life that he modeled for us? What did he actually mean when he said, follow me? He meant that he wanted us to learn to depend upon him to the exact extent that he depended upon his father. Remember, Jesus, Jesus would make statements like this. Remember, he says, I only do what the father tells me. I only do what I see the father doing. I am in the father and he is in me. I and the father are one. Jesus was illustrating the power that was in him. He was illustrating the union and the oneness with the father. Jesus was letting us know that everything in heaven was in him also. Did you realize that in John 17, Jesus prays for us to have the same experience that he had with the father? This oneness. John 1 is our key text today. Go ahead and turn there, and I want you to read this along with me. First John, uh, I'm sorry, John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So let's begin this series with a thought, with a phrase, with a word, incarnation, which simply means enfleshment. What is John giving us a picture of in John chapter 1? He's giving us a picture of Jesus in flesh or walking or taking on flesh. John said that Jesus became flesh. And if we're going to return to the kind of cultural and personal impact of the early church, the power that they experienced, the breakthrough they experienced, the realm of heaven being released on the earth, that means we're going to have to take a journey that requires five elements. We're going to be talking about this throughout the series, so stay close, Calvary. These next six weeks are important to us. What are these elements? Number one, we're going to talk about it today, incarnation. Number two, reputation. Three, conversation. Number four, confrontation. We've got to get a revelation of those four things. Why? Because the last one, we've got to really talk about this one, transformation. As we start with incarnation, why do we do that? Because that's where Jesus began. He came to earth. What does that mean? I love the message translation of John chapter 1. It says he moved into the neighborhood. 
Jesus moved right next door. He moved down the street. Jesus came into our space. What would that mean today? Today, it means that he would get caught in traffic. It means that we, he would have had to drive through the snow today, just like you did. I hope everybody's okay. I'm from Chicago. We laugh at days like this. This all? <laughs> we look out the window and say, it's going to be a good day today, baby. But for others, I know you're not used to this environment, so there was some risk involved. But I'm so glad you're here today in person. Look around you and look at the sons and daughters and believers that are still showing up to experience the warmth and glory of his presence. I love it, y'all. If Jesus was here today, it means that he would go to the barbershop and get a trim every now and then. It means that he would wait in the grocery lines. It means that he would pump gas and pay bills. He didn't have kids, so it probably meant that he had a bunch of nieces and nephews that was waiting on Christmas gifts every year. What I'm saying is this. I want to illustrate to you that the Bible is making it very clear that Jesus left heaven and his power and his glory and he dropped into our world. But when he came into our world, he did not come alone. He came with all of heaven on the inside of him. And that is the picture that we want you to have today. Jesus was missional. Missional means going. So to be missional means that you must take on and accept the reality that you must go. It is a going mentality, not a sitting mentality. When I look at the numbers that Pastor mentioned earlier, I see a church that's drawing back and sitting and not a church that's going. In today's climate, it is easy to flick through channels and draw back, but I'm telling you the power of the church is released not while we're sitting, but it's released while we're going. Missional is what? Is the what of being a follower of Jesus. Calvary, we have an amazing mission in this house, and to understand it, We've got to understand that we're not just here to take up space, but we are to be ambassadors of another kingdom that is full of grace and truth. Now, this word incarnation, you got to understand this is the this is not the what, but incarnation is the how. Mission is the what. Incarnation is the how. We're going to focus on how we go about being and walking like Jesus. Have you ever been dizzy before? I know you have. Think about the roller coaster. I can't stand roller coasters. I don't know if it's my size. The thought of being tossed around up in the air just does something to me. I come off sick. I don't like it. People laughing, having a good time. My sons love it. I hate it because I'm always dizzy after it, right? Everybody here has experienced that, that, that discombobulation, whether you're having maybe those moments where the blood sugar gets lower. Maybe you got up too fast, ever jumped out of the bed real fast, got dizzy. Whatever the case may be, this is just a picture of being or experiencing disorientation or feeling dizzy. There's some things that are happening in our world today that is making us feel dizzy. And the same thing that we're going through today, you got to realize that when Jesus dropped into the world thousands of years ago, he dropped into a very spiritually dizzy climate. 
People were disoriented. They were confused. There was no such thing or very few people were atheists. Everyone from Jew to Gentile to Greek to pagan, they had some spiritual beliefs that they held on to. And the problem was that all of those competing spiritual beliefs, they were confusing people. Why are people drawing away? Could it be because they are confused? So Jesus knew that the best way to straighten out this confusion and this dizziness was to come and reveal God in human form. He took on flesh. He embodied grace and truth. And like I said before, when Jesus dropped into our world, he brought all of heaven with him. Here's what I mean. When he came into this world, he brought healing. He brought the union of heaven. He brought the acceptance of heaven. He brought the righteousness of heaven. He brought the love of heaven. He brought the power of heaven. He brought the provision of heaven. He brought the plans of heaven. Jesus came with all of heaven on the inside of him. Why? He was revealing something to the world in the midst of a dizzy confused discombobulated world Jesus said I'm going to reveal that God is good in a world that's filled with bad why did Jesus come because he had to reveal that God is love in a world filled with hate he had to reveal in flesh incarnate he had to reveal that God is light in a world filled with darkness he had to reveal God's perfect beauty in the midst of a world filled with ugliness he had to reveal God's truth in a world filled with lies he had to reveal God's perfect justice in a world filled with injustice he had to reveal that God is more than enough in a world that's filled with lack and not enough Jesus showed up in form in flesh to reveal that the God of heaven is now on earth he dwells with you he is God with us amen you well but thank God after the cross he's not just God with us he is God in us we've got all power we've got all authority to drop anywhere any day anytime and drop any we've got the power of heaven on the inside of us and when we show up the atmosphere changes. The results change, the condition change, the sickness change, pandemics change, economics change. Everything changes when believers stand and take on the challenge of dropping in. This is what we're talking about. Jesus did not come to save us from God. He dropped in to reveal that God is Savior. Jesus did not come to get God or enable God to love us. No, 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 no. Jesus dropped in to reveal God as love. See, Jesus dropped up, dropped in to show you, to prove to you that you were always loved. There's never been a moment in time where you were not loved. Jesus showed up to prove that. Jesus did not come to reconcile God to the world as if God turned his back on the world. No. Jesus dropped in to reconcile the world to God, letting us know that he never left. He never turned. It was us who left. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died to reconcile us back to him. Listen, Jesus came to prove that heaven has always been on our side. Jesus 
in flesh. Tim Keller says that being missional in our culture is about respecting people's unbelief in Christ. It's about walking into their world and experiencing their pain. It's about releasing the true heart of God. It's about carrying the presence of God tangibly into whatever environments we find ourselves in Calvary. God has called us to love, to care, to encourage, to drop in and bring all of heaven with us and change the atmosphere and the environment. Wherever you drop in, things are going to change. Wherever you show up, something's going to shake. Wherever you land, something's going to be loose. I got more, y'all. Wherever you reveal Christ, something is going to be removed from the lenses of people's eyes. We are called to be ambassadors of a great kingdom, the greatest kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus did not come to convert people. He didn't drop down to convert. He dropped down to adopt. See, converting means that you're trying to get people to fit into a system. But adoption means there's a family that's making room for you to fit in. Big difference, y'all. Conversion means that you're making bad people good. But adoption means you're making dead people alive. You are born again into the family of God. Adoption, why? Because it's in a family that people are dealing with their false assumptions. They have a safe place to process life, make mistakes, fall short, and still know that they are loved, that they're cared for. Jesus is giving us the power to show people the real thing. It was not about making puppet converts. It was about a family. It was about a relationship. And we're all on this journey together. Calvary, I want you to understand, whatever location you're a part of, here in person, wherever you're at, even if you're watching online, I want you to know that you are a part of a family. A family that believes that Jesus wants us to drop in to our world and make a difference, not draw back, not sit down, but to go and to drop in and change atmospheres, shift mindsets, and turn and point people to Jesus. We want to invite you to take a journey with us. We want to invite you to start taking steps. How do you do this? It's very practical. If you look at your life right now, Jot some things down with me. Look at how much time you're spending. If you got little ones, at the school. Matter of fact, just look at how long it takes to drop your kid off in the morning. That's time. Now, most fathers, we cheat. We find a way to hustle the system. We tell our kids, hey, daddy's going to be right down there at the corner, and I want you to go on an adventure after school. It's called find daddy at the corner. Because <laughs> daddy is not waiting in his line. <laughs> You got to be creative with these youngsters, you know. Think about sports, sporting events. My son's got two games a week. Sometimes it's crazy. Think about when you go to your favorite coffee shop, to the gym, whatever, yard work. Think about these are opportunities for you to drop into the lives of people and shake up the hurt and the pain and the rejection and let them know that they are loved. They are victorious. They've been, hey, they've already been accepted by a loving God. It's an opportunity to shift people's mindsets. 
Think about the meals you eat a week. The average person, 21 meals a week. Some of us, way more than that, but that's not the point. The point is that if you just, I don't know why y'all laughing. <laughs> Listen, just take one meal a week to drop into somebody's life and change their world with the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Calvary Church is historically, and we're grateful, and presently committed to raising up and sending out missionaries. But listen, not what you think. See, we've been told that a missionary is, we've been given a very narrow idea. We said that a missionary is the person who leaves the country, moves overseas to spread the gospel. But here's my question. What business do we have in bringing the gospel to Europe, Asia, Africa, the Middle East, if we don't care about the spiritual journey of our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, how about this one, our own kids? So we're called to taking an opportunity to be a missionary right here, right now, in the very place, right here in this metroplex. Right where you are, we're going to help open the eyes of people so that they can receive the life of Christ. We're calling people to what we call the Calvary journey. Here's a couple of things I want to share with you before we dismiss today, and we'll go ahead and pray right after. I want to give you a picture, an illustration of what we call the Calvary journey. We want to help you. It's four components. Number one, we're calling people to choose. We want you to choose. Choose what? Choose to receive the life of Christ. In the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of all the dizziness, in the midst of all the pressure, in the midst of all the, the tension, we want you to choose the life of Christ. And if you've received the life of Christ, you've said yes to that life, we want you to take the next step of choosing and we want you to accept the power of water baptism. See, water baptism is the public confession of your private choice. It's an opportunity for you to invite friends and family because we're all about family here. And it's an opportunity to demonstrate and illustrate the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You're letting people know that the same Jesus that died, the same Jesus that was raised, and the same Jesus that was buried, he now lives on the inside of me and I too carry the power of resurrection. We want you to choose that resurrected life. Here's another thing. We're all about family. Let's talk about this one. Connect. I want you to meet our team. I'm not bragging. I'm just celebrating the fact that I'm a part of what I believe is one of the greatest teams in the universe. We've got lead pastors, pastoral team. We've got elders and leaders in this church, this family. We go all out to make sure that you feel welcome, that you've got a safe place to grow, that you've got a safe place to hear, receive, and walk in the fullness of God's grace. We want you to connect by completing Grace Walk. It's just a simple course. Four lessons to help you identify who you are in Christ, who we are as a church, and the great things we can do together as a family. When you've completed that, we want you to start building relationships. Relationships are important. Remember, family. We're a family. We've been called to do life together. Here's another one. We want you to contribute. What is the Calvary journey? Choose, connect, contribute, attending, showing up, being present, not drawing back, but dropping in. Being a part of our weekend and weekday locations. Here's another one. Serving. 
joining a dream team, you say, I'm a part of something bigger than me. I'm a part of a family. I'm not just sitting back watching, but I'm involved in this great mission that we've been called to. Here's another one, giving. Every mission requires resources. Let's take on the challenge. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris gave us a beautiful illustration. Start somewhere becoming a part of this mission and giving to it and inviting people. How do you contribute? By inviting family, friends, co-workers, even invite some enemies. The greatest thing you can do for your enemy is introduce him to Jesus. I'll say that for next week. We'll talk about that one more. Here's the last one. Let's continue together. Continue. If you really want to grow this year, how about starting Gospel Institute? Where else are you going to hang out and learn from some of the greatest internationally known grace teachers? Where else are you going to have the platform that we have here when it comes to the revelation, the new covenant, God's finished words? Great place to start. How about this one? You've been blessed by a gospel circle. How about you pray about leading a gospel circle? Because when we start taking the next steps in this call, this mission, we're going to need as many gospel circles as possible. Because when we start dropping into neighborhoods and we start dropping into the workplace, when we start dropping in into people's lives, and when they start seeing the goodness of God live out through us, we ain't going to have enough room in this place. We've got to take on this mission of loving people and spreading this gospel. Here's another one coming soon, Calvary Internship. Check out the app and stay posted because it's coming. But here's the goal. We want you to continue to live the abundant life every single day of your life. This is just a picture of the journey we're inviting you to. Come on, lift your hands up real quick before we close out today. Father, I thank you that you're calling us to drop in. Just like Jesus dropped into our world, we are now taking on the mission to drop into others' world and we're bringing all of heaven with us. We've got all power and authority and we're going to change the atmosphere. We're going to shift the mindset of people. People are going to see the real, true picture of you and your grace and your love. Lives are going to change. People are going to choose to receive the life of Christ they're going to connect into this beautiful family because we're dropping in. We're not drawing back. We're not driving people away. But we're dropping in to see change, to see transformation in Jesus' name. Clap your hands if you received that today. Calvary, we love you.